by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. Welcome to Cairo Nights, Monday, Monday. Those are some Grammy winners right there, the Mamas and the Papas. Hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. I'm Spike O'Neill. Matt Butler joins me as always. Welcome. Glad to be here. So, uh, At least half of me is. Half, half of, of my here? voice is gone. Oh, listen to you, man. <laughs> Let's work on your Wolfman Jack impression. Got that nice raspy All right, baby. Put a baby girl. It's the Wolfman. Be selling chickens momentarily. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand that reference. What does that mean? So uh, the radio station that Wolfman Jack was on back in the day, they would actually sell baby chicks through the mail order, and you could order them and have chickens at home. Oh my God! You, you, you your encyclopedic knowledge of radio and radio history never ceases to amaze me. I'm like, okay, Wolfman Jack, did he make his money selling chickens? How is this, how is this tied into the thing? Well, I hope you feel – what are you taking for your throat, man? Uh, a lot of tea and not talking. Okay, well, I'll shut up and do this by myself. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So well, let me ask you 35 more questions about why your throat hurts, and I want in-depth, deep, long answers to each one. It'd be great. So uh, welcome to Monday, and it's, uh, it's post-Grammys Monday. And in our culture these days, there is so much going on in the world – and it's hard to find the time to worry about the little things, the arts, uh, the little things. And in my household, Grammy Nights always held a very special place because I come from a radio background and a music background. I was I was never a trained musician. I've got the honor of performing with a band for the last 20 years. And I, I was raised at concerts, a, a devotee of music. I loved music. I was raised in a music household. You know, I can remember my grandparents' house and the Mills Brothers and the Ink Spots and constantly having the radio on at my grandparents' house and from Sinatra to Dean Martin to you name it. And then my mom and dad were both very, very much music lovers. The music of Burt Bacharach and Dionne Warwick and Chicago and and as rock and roll came along, I had a... My mom was the youngest of four kids, and my dad um, had was the youngest of a uh, second oldest of his family. I had younger siblings as well. So when you're a kid and your parents are young on the young side and still very much vibrant and going out, you spend a lot of time being babysat by aunts and uncles who are in their teen years. I think a lot of people have had that experience. That meant for me, at the age of probably. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, those years, twelve, those years. Being at at my grandparents' house with my aunts and uncles, or having them come over to our house to babysit, or the great ones were being in the backseat of a car in the seventies, the early seventies, driving around because my aunt or uncle was stuck babysitting my brother and I and and wasn't going to stay home. So I'm in the back seat of a car listening to the Moody Blues and Alice Cooper and the Rolling Stones and the music of rock and roll from the early 70s. So music is huge for me. And I hope I've passed that on to my two children. 
Um, both my girls have a love for music, a love for theater. They have both uh, gone on to seek education in the arts, which means my older daughter who graduated college. Let me think. What year was that? Oh, that's right. It didn't happen. She didn't graduate. That's right. She went to art school, which means she's the best bartender in Seattle. Now, my younger child is just now beginning her arts education. And so the Grammys at my house are a big night every year. We sit and we watch the Grammys together as a family. And it's a chance for me to dust off my old man jeans and G-E-N-E-S, not like, you know, my, my Kirkland Signature brand jeans. I don't wear that. No, I'm serious. I don't, I don't do that. Um, and expose myself to the music of my children's lives. And it was in the early 2000s with my older daughter and now with my younger child the last Last 10 years, last we, we've watched the Grammys every year, and so I'm exposed to new music, and I find uh, that I enjoy new music. They say people who like more than one genre of music show a higher level of education, and um, excuse me, a higher level of intelligence, higher levels of empathy and compassion to open your horizons, to expose yourself to new music. I forget what ad it was. There was an ad that said expose yourself to new music and it had a guy in a trench coat. It was a real tongue-in-cheek ad from the, from the 80s or late 70s. Anyway, it's not what I'm saying when I expose myself to new music. So I watched the Grammys last night. Now, I know my, my era is gone musically. The music of my youth isn't Grammy-nominated music anymore. And that's, it, that's nothing new for me. That's been a long time. That that revelation and understanding has been a part of my life, which is why it's so important to me to not just find out what my kids are listening to, but find out what they like, find out what inspires them. I remember what music did for me, how it inspired me in my life. You know, the best memories of your life can be triggered by music. They say smell is the number one memory sense, memory inducing sense is the sense of smell. Grandma's kitchen, for me, it's the beach. If I go to the ocean and smell the salt air, and smell like the coconut, cocoa butter tanning lotions, I'm immediately back to my teenage years at the beach. I was recently rewatching Breaking Bad again, and one of the, the scenes in it that calls to that for me was when Walt sits down for dinner with Gus, and he's explaining how your sensory memory paths are formed. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's, it's true science. It, it's it really is. Brilliant. So we're watching the Grammys last night, my youngest child and I. And this is where I become, oh, I want to be respectful and careful, but, but transparent and honest with you, the audience, okay? My younger child is transitioning or curious about their gender and about gender fluidity and about pronoun fluidity. And that's a sensitive subject for a lot of folks. It's a dangerous or a difficult subject for a lot of people to wrap their mind around, because it really is about the end of an era for, for a lot of people. It's the end of a, of a comfortable world that we're familiar with, the world we were raised in, where there were two sexes. Golly made two sexes, blah, 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 you know. And I'm not, I don't mean to be dismissive of those points of view. I understand the comfort that they bring, the familiarity that they bring, you know, and a lot of people harken back to a romanticized uh, image of when America was great or, you know, when it was easier and things were simpler and... You know, mom stayed home and dad went to work and yada, yada, yada. And, 
you know, and remember that, uh, you know, black people couldn't drink there or eat there and the, all the, all the, you know, the good old days, you know, we, we have the, this, this romanticizing history and romanticizing our culture. Part of the problem with the, you know, the CRT, critical race theory education and all the different the unwoke laws of Florida are people who fear change and who are trying to cling to a, a, a romanticized memory, a comfortable memory of America. When things weren't as chaotic, when people weren't as dangerous, when life was a lot simpler, you know, the Pat Boone years. But those days, we've evolved as a country. And some may think for the worse, some may think for the better. We've got bigger problems, but we've got greater opportunities. One of which is the chance for my child to be the person that makes them the happiest. For my child to pick what what lifestyle, what identity will make them feel complete and genuine and authentic and whole and loved. And that's what I want for my kid. To be happy, to feel confident in their skin, to know they're supported and loved, whatever their decisions are. I understand how difficult it can be for parents who have children who are curious or non-conforming, who have never, you know, felt comfortable in their own skin and want to try something different on and something they can identify with, something that that just feels right to them. And I don't mean to be getting into a lot of all this. This is some pretty heavy stuff for, for Grammy talk. But when you look at the Grammys last night, that was the story of the night. From Seattle's Brandy Carlisle winning four Grammys. Here's a here's a gay woman and her her wife, her partner, I'm not sure how they like to be classified, and their their two children being celebrated and accepted for musical talent and nothing else. Brandy Carlisle didn't win any Grammys because of her sexual orientation or the or the makeup of her family. She won those awards in spite of her sexual orientation and the makeup of her family. Last night, an award was given for Best Pop Duo. And boy, that one, that one raised some cane. The, uh, it was Sam Smith and uh, for Kim Petras, I think the name of the artist is, and I apologize. I will try to figure that out and, and get that for you. It was uh, Best Pop Duo of the Year. Yeah, Kim Petras. And Sam Smith, one for Unholy. Now, it was important for me because my child who is trying to figure out who they are as a person, who is fluid in their identity at this stage of their life, whether you like the song or not, the artist Kim Petras was the first transgender winner of a Grammy and used that moment on stage to celebrate the acceptance of the record industry, the recording community, the you know, her audience and the fans of somebody who doesn't need to fall into stereotype or, or traditional roles to be successful and be accepted. And when you got a kid who's trying to figure out who they are and somebody's on stage being celebrated, it's it's a pretty proud moment as a dad, a pretty great moment that your kid can identify with somebody who's going through maybe what they think they're going through. I watch an artist like Lizzo, who is non-traditional in her body image and celebrates that embraces that, sings about that, is a champion of that. And when Lizzo's about damn time wins record of the year, you know, it's it's reaffirming to a parent who's got a child who isn't traditionally thin, attractive, whatever. You know, I'm not saying my kid isn't all those things, 
but there are a lot of pe- a lot of parents out there with children who are less than the typical typical stereotypical image of what is an attractive person. And you have Lizzo, who is just so comfortable in her own skin and so brilliantly talented, winning an award. You know, it's not my style of music, but I can appreciate how good it's how well it's done. I can appreciate the 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 talent and courage it takes for somebody like a Lizzo to get up there and own who they are and be comfortable in their own skin and celebrate it to the point of winning a Grammy for record of the year. I thought it was a well-produced show from a, from an entertainment status. I thought the music was brilliantly performed, even though the, the 50th anniversary hip-hop tribute was not my cup of tea, but it was brilliantly done, right? I mean, I, I can appreciate how well it was done. Same thing with last year's Super Bowl halftime show. Not my music, but man, they, they nailed it. Couple of couple of burps in last night's broadcast in their in their production of the show. I thought it was pretty uh, pretty much a sign of the times when Beyonce, who last night became is she the, the number one recording or a Grammy award winning artist of all time now? She won her thirty second Grammy of all time last night. Now that passed the previous record holder, um, a gentleman I had never heard of. I apologize. Uh, a a conductor. George Salty. Uh, so Beyonce surpassed the late conductor George Salty for all-time wins. I believe it ties her with George Santos with 32 Grammy. I saw his post today. He is now tied with me. I'm just kidding. That's a bad joke I saw somewhere else. But Beyonce gets her first award of the night and was not present to win it because her limo was stuck in traffic. In Los Angeles, the Grammys didn't hold up the show for Queen B. You know, she was stuck in traffic with her limo for L.A. traffic on a Sunday night. You'd and think Jay-Z would have catered a helicopter. You'd think. That, yeah, how, does, how is Beyonce late for the Grammys? Where are we on the red carpet? You're the queen. She is now the number one winning gra- uh, Grammy winner of all time with 32 Grammy wins. Incredible. The other burp, of the, well, I don't, I don't want to say this. I don't, I don't mean to be judgmental or dismissive. But there's a lot of talk today about Madonna's appearance at last night's Grammy production, Grammy, you know, the, the award show. Madonna came on and gave an, uh, gave a, an, uh, she presented or she gave a speech announcing, I'm not sure what she was introducing because it was so distracting to, to look at her. She spoke to the the rebels and the troublemakers in music and how, you know, you, you're groundbreaking and we see you and we hear you and we accept you and we love you and blah, 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 and all the things that Madonna did. Madonna was, you know, the queen of pop. She is, she's a, a revolutionary and groundbreaking artist who's had decades of success. But I'm not sure if Madonna's had so much work done or is something's up with their health, her health. I didn't even recognize who, the, who I didn't recognize it was Madonna. I came into the room after she had been introduced and there are three, you know, large video screens on the stage and they had kind of a satellite stage a little bit into the audience and there's these huge pictures of Madonna up on the wall. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is this, the, are they introducing a tribute to Madonna? What a lovely thing. Because, you know, they had done a, a tribute to Motown. They celebrated uh, Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson with this. And Stevie Wonder was on stage with a beautiful tribute to the Motown talents of Smokey Robinson and Barry Gordy. I'm thinking, okay, they're doing something for Madonna. And I didn't find out until afterward when I start looking at the social media. That that was Madonna, and I did I didn't even recognize her, and I'm not I'm not 
making fun. I, I'm really, I feel, I feel bad about it. But, but the hiccup that hurt the most last night was in the in memoriam. They did a beautiful, beautiful job of the in memoriam. Um, starting with, I think Casey Musgraves performing Coal Miner's Daughter acoustically with Loretta Lynn's guitar. And they started with, you know, Miss Loretta Lynn, and then they flashed the various artists who had passed. And, and it was, I mean, it was beautifully done. Then they did a, a, a period on rock and roll, and they had Jeff Beck, and they were playing Beck's Bolero, which was my all-time favorite piece of music, and the various rockers that had passed this year. And, you know, they, you get managers and, and industry types and producers and, you know, uh, entertainment attorneys. Then they did a, a beautiful hip-hop tribute. None of the artists I really recognize, a couple, but most of them I didn't, but it was beautifully done. And they closed with... Um, Cheryl Crow, Bonnie Raitt, and Mick Fleetwood performing Songbird by Christine McVie. And in that segment was all the rockers, again, who, who had we had lost this year. And it was beautifully done. Cheryl Crow and, and Bonnie Raitt beautifully, beautifully tribute by singing Songbird for Christine McVie. But the hiccup for me, what broke my heart, was that our friend Alan White of Yes was not mentioned in the in the memorials last night was omitted and, and as as a local Alan was Alan lived in this community for 20 some years you know we we felt honored to know him and call him a friend and to see him perform so many times but the guy was in yes for 50 years he recorded imagine with John Lennon and instant karma he recorded my sweet lord with George Harrison before he joined yes and performed for 50 years with yes and he was he was the governor of the you know the board of governors for the northwest chapter of the grannies how did they miss alan white so i wanted to make sure that anybody who watched the grammys was you know was made aware that we also lost alan white last year i'm sure you you know again it was that's just personal i had a blast watching the grammys with my kids i thought it was wonderful that so much diversity and inclusion was part of the Grammy broadcast. The music was so well done, whether it was your flavor, a cup of tea or not. And of course, this morning on social media last night, there's a bunch of me, a bunch of old white guys just like me. Couldn't stand it. It's garbage. It's over. It's dead. Music's dead. Well, guys, no, it's just our music might be dead, but music's alive and kicking. Anyway, I had a fun time watching the Grammys with my child. Hope you enjoyed the show if you got to watch it. And congratulations to our own Brandy Carlisle, winner of four Grammys last night. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. It's Kyra Knights. We'll be right back after these. This is Bonnie Raitt and the song Just Like That, which won Song of the Year at the Grammys last night. She's got, he's looking for. 
so this song last night, this award last night, Bonnie Raitt beat Adele, Beyonce, Lizzo. It was a song of the year. It was a lot of people in this category. Kendrick Lamar, you name it. And Steve Lacey, people, artists I don't know. Taylor Swift was in this category. It was a song of the year. And when they when the cameras went to Bonnie Raitt at her table, the the genuine look of surprise on Bonnie Raitt's face was it was jaw dropping. Was whoa, huh? She's looking around. I'm surprised she didn't have a forkful of waffles in her mouth. (laughs) She was so not expecting to win this award. And Bonnie Raitt is an amazing artist who's had a decades-long career. She is the best blues-playing female guitar player in the on the face of the earth. And she's had numerous massive hits over the years. And <laughs> this morning, the Daily Mail oh, yeah. runs a headline that says, Unknown blues artist beats Beyonce and Taylor Swift for Song of the Year. Can you believe that? I'm like, unknown blues artist to you there, Twinkle, you know? How about uh, the tomorrow's headline, you know, entertainment reporter fired for having no f- clue who Bonnie Raitt was. <laughs> oh, ask your boss before you put out a headline like unknown blues singer for Bonnie Raitt. I understand that song is about a heart transplant. Yes. And she said she was inspired by John Prine. Oh. Oh, in her acceptance. I don't get me started. Oh. I'm going to get all weepy. It was so moving. You know, people up. Uh, we were on with, with Frank Summerall last week and he was bemoaning. Um, no, I'm sorry. It, was, it wasn't Frank. It was Jack Stein last week. He was bemoaning acceptance speeches. He thought the Oscars were dead because of the political rantings of the, the acceptance speeches of winners. Mm. That's just his take. That's fine. We all, you know, an opinion can't be wrong. It can be uninformed, but it can't be wrong. It's just an opinion. Last night's acceptance speeches were the stuff of magic. I mean, I don't care who it was. Harry Styles got in a little bit of grief today because Harry Styles won Album of the Year, which is the last award of the night. And that's the category that, you know, all the big heavy hitters are up for album of the year. That's it was ABBA, Adele, Bad Bunny, Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, Brandy Carlisle, Coldplay, Kendrick Lamar, Lizzo and Harry Styles. I mean, that's that's about 25 billion albums sold combined. Right. And Harry Styles wins the award. And he was he had a wonderful acceptance speech. He said, you know, I, I never thought I I. I I have been inspired by every artist in this category. I can tell you how many times I was listening alone to the music of everybody in this category. It's like you don't go to a studio making decisions or making a record about, will this one win me a Grammy? It's not how you make the decisions. But he said, this doesn't happen often to someone like me. And I took that to mean a young kid who came up from a working class community in London or outside of London who worked at a bakery, who got lucky in a boy band and got on Simon Cowell's, it was an X Factor show, I think, where, where One Direction got started. And now he's top of the world. Well, a an African-American woman hasn't won Album of the Year since the 90s. Since what was the miseducation of what was? Oh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, yes. That was the last African-American wow. woman to win Album of the Year. I didn't know that. I know I knew Beyonce got shut out again. She, yes, again. Yeah. Like, the, like the fourth time she has not won Album of the Year. Um, so when he says this doesn't happen off to someone like me, a lot of people say, well, no – People like you win all the time. It's people like Beyonce that can't win. And those are the beehive. That's Beyonce's yeah. fans who are nuts yeah. for, for their queen bee. And I, I get it. I'm that way for Bruce. I, I get it. They're, you've got an artist that you love. 
the Grammys last night were were wonderful. You know, Lisa, you were saying that there were more female winners. Took a lo- all, almost all the top c- categories. Ex- yeah, except and, for album. Yeah. And I was impressed that you didn't mention that. So it's become, have we finally reached the parody point where having a female artist take one of these major awards, take two, take three, take four major right. awards, isn't something that we're putting out the top of the newscast. That's not our headline anymore. Right. Yeah, that we, maybe we have reached equality, the, the promised land of gender equality. I mean, yeah, Bonnie Raitt won Song of the Year. Lizzo won Record of the Year. And she thanked Beyonce, and that was really oh, sweet. Did you see that? Yeah, she's she like, snuck I, out of fifth grade or something. I snuck out of fifth grade to watch you play, and you said that, and I never forgot. Oh, those speeches were fantastic last night. I really did. And I, and I feel bad for, for kind of nagging on Madonna and how she looked, but have you seen the picture? I have not. Uh, how no, she looked? No. I, I hope I hope it's not her health. I hope it's just her her ego and how that she has felt the need to stay young and vibrant and beautiful and relevant, which I know that that's a traditional sexist misogynist thing we have put on women in this country and yep. in, in all in the world in all industries. Don't just blame America. That's everybody. You got to have you know you got to stay whatever appealing. Well, especially in the entertainment industry, you know. But oh, I, and I saw an ad last. It's the last thing I'll say about the Grammys. I think. I may get an urge to say more. Um, I mentioned that Alan White was admitted from the memoriam, which still yeah. breaks my heart. But my friend, uh, uh, Charles Cross, the writer in town, um, he's, he had a nice piece today about, hey, listen, <laughs> the, the, the folks at the recording artists of Grammys, you know, that, that academy, um, have been notified that you guys really blew it Good. by not including Alan White in the memoriam. Good. He was, in fact, the governor of the Northwest chapter of the regional broadcast or whatever the, the, the organization is that decides who wins the damn Grammys. Um, but Brandy Carlisle, who performed live, did Broken Horses, mm-hmm. was phenomenal, a phenomenal live performance on the Grammys. And she was it last year that she killed it and everyone stood on their feet? It was the two years ago. I mean, I, I don't remember. It was she last ju- year. She just knows how to open her heart yeah, yeah, and wail yeah. and nobody does it like Brandy. Um, there was an ad on television during the Grammys. And I know you, you, you feed your artists in ads. But it was Brandy Carlisle um, with an acoustic guitar playing very simple, stripped down, you know, just her singing with her guitar. And this, as the camera kind of pans back and pans over, her two children oh. are in a bed at a hotel. Mm. And it's like when, when the most important performance of the night has to be just right. And it's like for Hilton Hotels. Oh. So good on you, Hilton, for, for having the courage to pick a – a gay couple and their family to be featured in your network ad for your to- your international hotel chain. Good on you. That's sweet. Because I know there are people in the country now who will not boycott Hilton for lack of traditional family values or whatever other stick up your butt problem you have with that. It's by a calendar. The world is moving. Every day it keeps going around. Every time the sun comes up in the east, it's a new day and the whole planet's getting a little further down the track. Please, please keep up. We don't have time to keep educating you guys so many times. And and the and the these nuts. If you have to go, Lisa, the, the pushback today on the performance by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. I don't know if you saw their un, their song "Unholy" won Best no, Pop Duo. But I think they did that on Saturday Night Live a few weeks ago. Okay, and I, I was blown away. Well, last night's performance featured you know demons and fire and yeah. red lights and Sam Smith in a hat with horns. Okay, so of course today. Conservatives, conservative media and conservative politicians lose their mind and, you know, yeah, 
Ted Cruz, it's the end of the world as we know it, and nothing's fine. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'll go look it up on YouTube. Yeah, oh God. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's art. It is art. If you can't interpret art and think that it's just an attack on your religion or an attack on Christianity or these seventh circle of hell opening up, just relax. Have a martini. You're, you're too uptight to smoke a joint, so just have a drink. Chill out. It was a musical performance. It wasn't summoning Satan. You know, I bet Jesus would have loved it. You know, Jesus hung out with the worst among us and he made them, it made us all feel equal. You know, how Christ-like with, you know, don't complain. Don't shut down equity and diversity. You know, gosh, just have some Christian values in your Christian faith. I don't mean to be preachy, but hallelujah. <laughs> it was it was awesome. I mean, I, I, I didn't like the song. You know, I, I like Sam Smith. He's got a great voice. I was unfamiliar with Kim Petras, but my daughter was enamored with with the artist as someone who is winning, being the person they want to be. I thought that was fantastic. And I'm a Catholic. I didn't feel threatened by the performance. That's just me. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. Matt, you're okay me associating you with that last rant? Because I know the hate mail will be coming. Don't don't Um, include Matt. I'm I'm just sitting here behind the board watching you you do your thing, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little... And I tell you, son, there will come a day. A day will come. Crossing a foghorn leghorn with a charismatic <laughs> preacher, apparently. Boy, hey, boy. We'll be right back after these. Grammys last night. <clears throat> a, a texter asked, what is the difference between album of the year and record of the year? And I was confused as well. So what they're because that one, you know, the, first off, they always do this and they do it at the movies as well with, with the Oscars or the Golden Globes. They really spread the hardware around last night. When you look at the winners from the Grammys last night, nobody walked away empty handed whether it's Bad Bunny or Adele or Harry Styles or Lizzo or Beyonce or whomever. I don't know if Taylor Swift won anything. Maybe she got stiffed last night. But she's going to be just fine. Don't worry about Taylor Swift. Difference between album of the year and record of the year. Album of the year compliments and salutes the entire record, every track on it. Or excuse me, album. The entire album and every track on it in its entirety. The collection of songs. Album of the year. Record of the year is dedicated to a single a single song where the artist, the engineers, producers, they all are Grammy winners. The entire recording is record of the year. And then there's song of the year, which is given to the songwriters who wrote that song. So album of the year is the entire album, every track on it. 
record of the year is the song and, and all the people who participated in its creation from the artist to the producers to the engineers. And song of the year is given to the writers of that song. A texter mentioned, uh, is it Samara Joy? I think it is who won Best New Artist last night. We'll try to find some music to play from that too if we can before the night's over. Um, saying that that Samara Joy has a lot of uh, old jazz influence in their music. And I missed that category. I missed the award, so I didn't see them award, the, the, didn't see them perform or hear the music. So I'd like to hear some of that tonight too. So, um, yeah. So that's, that's what the Grammys have become is just a celebration of – that's what they always are. But there was no, like, knockdown take nine awards, one album that comes out and wins everything this year, you know. And a lot of people thought Beyonce would be that. But she did. The, the Queen Bee wanted four last night, so she's doing just fine. Anyway. Appreciate you guys sticking with us tonight. And again, man, it's not your cup of tea. It's okay. A lot of the music last night was not my music, believe me. But the fact that I can share that with my kid, you know, get a get a look into what their world is like musically, and they can look into mine. It's all good. I'm Spike O'Neill at Cairo Nights with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. <laughs> 